Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member with training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. this afternoon dear Lord what a joy it is to be in your house in your presence with your people singing praises and worshiping you dear Lord as we have come we ask of God that your grace will abound unto us we pray oh God that you give us a heart that is reformable a heart that is transformable Amen. a heart that is remoldable Amen. Lord transform each one of us this afternoon let us not live here the same as we came Amen. but may we live here getting closer and closer in our walk with you Holy Spirit we welcome your presence we say that stay and minister to us we thank you in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord and clap for these wonderful, wonderful people of Zion. And draw closer, draw closer, and I believe uh, God will bless us this afternoon. What a camp. What a camp. I said, what a camp. Let my people go. And we will go. Will we go? We will go. Let my people go. Let my people go. Hallelujah. Let my people go. What a camp. God is always looking to get his people to serve him freely. And this camp, I think we have learned so much how that we can, be, we can escape and be liberated from the grip of Pharaoh. Hallelujah. That he, he's holding us down such that we cannot serve God. Amen. Such that we cannot serve God. And he does it in a very wise manner. Very wise way. But I think God has given us wisdom that is above the wisdom of Pharaoh. Amen. He has given us wisdom that is above the wisdom of Pharaoh. So arise and shine. Hallelujah. Arise and shine. There's so many things that the bishop shared with us during this camp, and I don't want you to overlook any area of it. Hallelujah. Do not overlook any area of it. Do not overlook any part of it. And when the messages become available, make sure that you get a copy of it. You know, when um, he was ministering, when he was ministering the last day, we got to a point, we got to a point where I felt the Spirit telling me, just stop and just record and says, this is the moment. You know, and he said, this is the moment. And then I began recording and surely he confirmed that that was the moment. You know, and I'm looking to um, share that piece that I recorded.
with all of you. I, I hope that it came out. I'm not a professional cameraman. I'm not any of that kind, but I think um, the spirit will be in it. Amen. Hallelujah. The spirit will be in it. Amen. And um, this afternoon, um, as the bishop was sharing this um, message, especially on others, you know, I, um, the spirit ministered to me, and I, I just want to share something briefly with you concerning others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Others. You know, you see, when you see a great person, when you see someone who has done well, someone who you admire, and that person says certain things to you, take that seriously. How many of you want to be great? You know, let's be honest. Everyone wants to be great. Everyone wants to be a great person. How many of you want that when your name is mentioned, you know, it's significant? You, you don't like to come from a country where, you know, even when they're talking about the world weather, you know, your country does not matter. Whether it is, it is hot in the area or it is cold or it's Hamatan, nobody cares because it's insignificant. But when you come from a great place, you see that they will talk about your place. Isn't that so? When you have a great name, you realize that when you get to a place, you are significant. When people are talking about you, you matter. Your name matters. That is why a lot of you, you spend so much money on people's names. You spend so much money on people's names. Everybody wants to be great. And the reason why you are even spending money on people's names is because you want to look great. You want to wear something that was made by a great person. And so you pay so much money for the same item and the only difference is that that carries somebody's name. Isn't that so? That carries somebody's name and so it means something to you. And, it, and you are expecting that it will mean something to others. And people, you want people to see that you are a rich person or you are a great person or you are not ordinary. Isn't that so? Yeah. So everybody wants to be great. Amen. Everybody wants to be great. But when I listen to the bishop, when I listen to the messages that he was sharing, how many of you can understand that it is no wonder that the church is what it is today? Every single one of them. Do you understand? Because that is where we draw from. That is where we draw from. And I was able, in my own way, I was able to link the messages that he was preaching, I was able to link them, and I, he talked about the anointing. And he said that everything is about the anointing. Everything is about the anointing. Everything that he has been able to do is about the anointing. Hallelujah. And then he talked about others. And I can see, I can see, even in my this few years' experience as a pastor, I have seen that the anointing is drawn when there are others. The anointing on a man comes when there are others. Hallelujah. 
You see, there is no one who is anointed for himself, and there is no one who has the anointing in his pocket. That you take it whenever you want. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? No one has, it's not designed like that. No one has the anointing such that it's drawn anytime you want it. That is why you also don't believe in uh, someone who is always prophesying good because you expect that some good prophecy should come unto you. Do you understand? And it's not always, it's not always, I want you to learn something. It's not always that even an anointed person is in the caliber or in a capacity to anoint you or to pray for you for something great or to pray certain prayer that you'll be healed. Did you not realize that it is God who sent Moses? It is God who sent Moses to Pharaoh to say, go and ask him, to let my people go. He says, go and ask him to let my people go. And I can imagine that when Moses was going before Pharaoh, he was going with confidence. Because he knew that he was sent by God. And when you are sent by God, you know that he has anointed you to do whatever it is that you are going to do. So when Moses appeared before Pharaoh, he, was, he had no doubt in his mind that Pharaoh was going to release them to go. Mind you, he was a wanted man. But he came back, he was, a, he was wanted for murder. But he came back with confidence. He came back knowing that nothing can happen to him because he's coming in the name of the Lord. And he told God, he said that, do not send me if your spirit is not going with me. And when God said go, he was confident that the spirit of God was with him. Now, little did he know that even as he was going, God has hardened the heart of Pharaoh that no matter what you were going to say, you were not going to get a result. That God had hardened his heart. And I think that there are certain paths in our lives that God blocks for a reason. He blocks certain paths that we cannot go this way and then we have to make this turn. And that is how God guides us to his purpose. And that is how God guides us to his plan. That is how God guides us to his will. It is his will. It is his will. Amen. It is his will. That certain paths, certain doors be closed. And sometimes he closed these doors to get your attention. Sometimes he closed these doors to get your attention. So you realize that all things, certain things are working out for you. Certain things are flourishing in your life. But if you look carefully, you see that there is one particular area in your life that does not make you happy. There is one particular area, if you will be honest with yourself, you realize there is one particular area in your life that seems to trouble you so much. Perhaps God is trying to get your attention. Amen. Perhaps God is trying to get your attention. Hallelujah. And so, I realize that the anointing, it comes when you have concern for others. The calling, it comes when your heart is for others. When you have a heart for others. That is when he anoints you. Because that is his concern. 
His concern is always about others. Hallelujah. And we learn that when you have a heart about others, when you are concerned about others, you will receive in abundance also. You will receive in abundance when you have concern about others. When you have a heart about others. Hallelujah. So I want to share with you very briefly about others. Because I realize it is in the middle of all of this. It is in the middle of abundance and it is in the middle of the anointing. Hallelujah. Turn with me to John, the book of John, chapter 6. But I want all of you to get the messages, especially the videos, and especially those of you, especially those of you who did not or were not able to attend. You'll be the first set of people to get copies of these videos. Amen. John chapter 6 and verse 1. John chapter 6, and we want to read from verse number 1. Hallelujah. It says, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? When shall we buy bread that these may eat? When shall we buy bread that these may eat? Where can we find bread? Where can we find bread enough to buy that these may eat? Hallelujah. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not enough for them. That every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they? What are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Make the men sit down. Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down. In number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise 
of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Hallelujah. Isn't that a wonderful story? Hallelujah. Jesus was with many hungry people. He was with many hungry people. He says the multitudes. Now he sat with his disciples. Do you see? He sat with his disciples. And I believe they must have been hungry also. You know, a lot of times, church members don't think the man of God is also hungry. Isn't that so? Eric, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. A lot of times, church members don't think that men of God are also hungry. And so you see they have the food and they will eat all the food. And they don't care about the man of God. True or not true? Hallelujah. They don't care about the man of God. Because all they care is about themselves. Amen. Amen. But the Bible says Jesus sat with his disciples. He says he sat with his disciples and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. Now when Jesus, verse 5, he says, when he lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him. And then, and then, when he saw the great company come unto him, that is when he asked. That is when he asked. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice that the disciples had been with Jesus just as much as the multitude had been with him. They had been with them all day. And if the disciples, if the multitude was hungry, then the disciples must have been hungry also. And Jesus was with them. They sat with Jesus. He did not ask them if they were hungry. He did not, he did not concern himself with their hunger. But when he lifted up his voice, his eyes and saw the multitude, suddenly it occurred to them that these people must be fed. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, whence can we buy bread that these may eat? Hallelujah. Philip was, and the Bible says he asked Philip. Philip was sitting next to him. And he asked the question as if Philip was not hungry. Hallelujah. As if Philip was not hungry. You know, sometimes when you are so close to the Lord, when you are so close to God, you would expect that he will meet all of your needs. You will expect that he will answer all your prayers. Amen. A lot of times we think that the way we are so close to God, 
we, he will answer our prayers even before others. And that is why, that is why that does not concern you. That is why your prayer has never been about others, but your prayer has always been about yourself. How that you will pass the exams, when you pass the exam, when you finish this career, then you can serve him. Then you can do his work for others. How that when you get married, Lord, if you can give me this marriage and this marriage is behind me and I put this behind me, or if you can fix my marriage, if you can straighten up my marriage, I think I can have the peace of mind to do your work. Amen. Sometimes we are looking for a job and we say we can't even do the work of God until we know where we are going to work, which state we are going to live in, what city we are going to live in, what schedule we are going to have. And your prayers, your prayers always have, has been about the Lord blessing you with a job first and then you will think of others. But Jesus, these people were very close to him. They were sitting right around him, and he was not concerned about their hunger, but the Bible says he lifted up his eyes, and he saw the multitude, and suddenly he was concerned about them being fed. About others. Amen. About others. Some of you, you are finished, you want to finish raising your children before you serve God. You want to finish raising your children before you serve God. You want to finish your career. You want to finish this degree course before you serve God. And a lot of times I've asked you, some of you, to do certain things. And Reverend, you just wait. When I'm finished, Reverend, you will see. When I'm finished with this, you will see. Perhaps the Lord is waiting for you to concern yourself about others before he will answer that prayer. He's waiting for you to get concerned about others, about his work, before he will answer that prayer. Amen. God mustn't meet your needs before you get concerned with others. A lot of times, some people say, we are, look, once I finish building this house, I, 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 once I finish building that house, I will begin paying my tithe. I will begin to support healing Jesus. How many of you now see the heart of the church? That, you see, you know the heart of the church. You know the heart of the church. And you know when, you're, when, when, you put, when you put substance in the church, you know where it goes. So stop talking about these churches and about money and these churches are for money. You know, right now, when they talk about some of the, the wonders of Africa, you know that our Bible school is now mentioned amongst the top of the wonders of Africa. And we do not have millionaires to, and it's a Bible school. You know, and people thought that it was going to be a university where people will learn computer programming and about business and government and accounting and medicine and this and that. But it's a Bible school. And you finance these things. You saw, you saw the souls. You saw the souls that are one in various places. Places where no one will go. But when you concern yourself about others, you see the hand of God upon your life. 
Any church that is looking for money will not hold a million dollar campaign or a crusade in a very poor place like Liberia where there is nothing. We had a meeting with Bishop and he was telling us about some of the offerings that the people bring. Some of the offerings that the people bring. And they are bringing it from their heart. This is, they are blessing you with this. It is a big sacrifice for them. They, 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 they bring pepper, sticks, not pepper in a basket. Maybe seven sticks of pepper is their offering. That is what I can give. And I'll save the three. Amen. So you are waiting for the Lord to answer your prayers before you do his work. But one thing that I learned from that camp was about Matthew 6.33. He says, the secret, the secret of prosperity, the secret of joy, the secret of true joy is in Matthew 6.33. He says, seek ye first my kingdom and its righteousness. Seek ye first my kingdom and its righteousness. And all these things, all these things, what are these things? The peace of marriage, the peace of your children being a good people, the peace of a good job, the peace of health, the peace of strength, they will be added unto you. And the scripture says, your father in heaven knows that you also have need of these things. But he says, do not concern yourself of, about these things. He says, these things do the unbelievers seek after. The Gentiles seek after these things. What do Gentiles seek after? Gentiles are unbelievers. What do they seek after? They seek, they seek after good home. That you have a beautiful house. They seek after good marriage. That is what concerns them. They seek after good jobs. They seek after that your children go to good schools. They seek after good clothes. They seek after driving nice cars. Your father in heaven knows that you also have need of these things. There is nothing that a Christian should live a poor life. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. If you are a Christian, it doesn't mean you have to live. Your father in heaven, he says that these things do the Gentiles seek after. That means that the, everything the unbelievers are after, your father in heaven knows that you also have need of these things. Your father in heaven knows that you need a blue dress that, and a blue shoe, pair of shoes that matches with your blue dress. It's not, it's, it's an unbeliever. You see, Having a, a, a blue dress with a blue pair of shoes that matches with it, it's not an unbeliever thing. But the heart of the unbeliever is in that thing. But you, he says, seek ye first my kingdom. These things, they are an addition to the believer. They are not something that you fight for. They are not something that you hunger after. Amen. Am I... Speaking to somebody this afternoon. Hallelujah. He says, from whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said, and this he said to prove him. This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he will do. He himself knew what he will do. Philip answered him. 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. 
that every one of them may take a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, also said unto him, There is a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? What are they among so many? So the Bible says there was this lad who had five loaves of bread and two fishes. Now, Jesus took, in verse 11, Jesus took them. But before he took them, he said to them, in verse, um, verse, verse 10, I said, and Jesus said, make the man do what? Sit down. Make the man sit down. Make the people sit down. When the Lord is about to bless you, he wants to see certain sit down, certain stability in your life. He wants to see that you are settled and you are not going anywhere. Jesus was ready to bless them. Jesus was ready to feed them. Jesus was ready to quench their hunger. But he said, let them sit down. Look, the blessings of the Lord, it doesn't run chasing after you. And when it can find you, it doesn't run to not find you. You see, the Lord brings his blessings and he can find you. But you see, the blessing, it is for them that sit down. The blessing of God is for those who are stable. You know, I share with you, I say, if you drive your car to the gas station, you know, a lot of times, gas stations have large storage of gas. They have storage of gas under the ground. And if you drive your car by the gas station, you can drive back and forth and just drive back and forth. They will never fill your tank with the gas. There is all the tank that is in, in their storage underground, but it can never get into your car. So sometimes you pull up the tank, you pull up by the, the, the tank, and they will, they will ask you, or by the pump, I mean, and then they will ask you, move forward. And then they say, come back, come back. And as you are coming back, they say, stop, stop, stop. But you didn't see him, so you went too far. And then he asks you to back up again. And then you went too far, but he says, come back. And then you come back, and then you get to a point, he says, stop. The attendant says, stop. And sometimes he asks you to turn off your ignition. Have you experienced that before? He says, turn off your ignition. And when you turn off your ignition, he knows that you are now not going anywhere. He knows that you are stable. You are not moving. He knows that you have sat down. And then he will pull the nozzle and put in your tongue and he will fill your tongue with all the blessings that you need. And he can only do that when you are stable. The blessing of God, it can only come into your life when there's stability in you. So Jesus said, let them sit down. Let them sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down and the number of them that sat down was only detected when they sat down. I want you to see this. 
They were only able to count them when they sat down. He says that the number of them that sat down, the number of them that sat down was what? About 5,000. Now I want you to see that it wasn't including the ones that were running around the outskirts and in the mountains and roaming and looking for some roots to eat. It was about them that sat down. It was about them that sat down. It says the number of them that sat down were 5,000. When the Lord is calling for his blessings, he wants to know how many are set, how many are in the place, how many are stable, how many of them have been seated, how many of them are not going anywhere. Before he will pull the nozzle, he wants to know how many. How, I have five loaves and five fishes. But let them sit down so I know how many I need to ask of the Father to give unto them. Amen. So he said there were 5,000 of them. And Jesus then, when he knew that there were 5,000, he says, now bring me the five loaves and the two fishes. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks... He distributed to the disciples. He distributed to who? The disciples. He placed, when, after he has received them, he placed the bread in the hands of the disciples. He says, he distributed them to the disciples. Last week we were sharing. You see, he, he lifted up his voice, his eyes, and he saw who? The multitude. He saw the hungry multitude. Now, the bread for the multitude is here, but he placed them in the hands of the disciples. It is meant for others, but he placed them in the hands of the disciples. A lot of times, your answers to your prayer, it will be in the hand of the man of God. A lot of times, what God is ready to do in your life, the test that is ready to quench, the hunger that is ready to quench, it will be in the hand of a man of God. He will always place it in the hand of another. Hallelujah. So he says, it was in the hand, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were what? I cannot hear you. Can you read with me? He placed it in the, to the disciples and the disciples to them that were sat down. Amen. We are reading King James Version. So read it with me. I know you know your grammar. But uh, you can speak better grammar than the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He said, Jesus took them, gave thanks, and distributed them to the disciples. And the disciples did not keep it to themselves. They did not keep them to themselves. Hallelujah. 
Now, this is a true test of your heart towards others. That you are equally hungry. That you have all been together. That you have a need to eat the bread. That you also have a hunger and a test for this bread. That you can also eat this. But it has been placed in your hand. What are you going to do with it? A lot of you had needs. And I think that when the bishop was ministering, you felt that your needs were met. You felt that answers came to certain questions. But I want to tell you this afternoon that what was placed in your hand is not meant for you today, but is in the hand of you. You are having it because it is for others. A lot of times we receive for ourselves, but the Lord is concerned about others. A lot of times, message will come to you and you think it is for you, but it is meant for others. Hallelujah. Sometimes we keep too much for ourselves. Hallelujah. You realize Jesus did not give it directly to the people. He could have given it directly to them. It was meant for them. He could have given it to them. He prayed for it. And he could have given it to them. But he placed it in the hands of the disciples. Could it be that somebody's prayer, the answer to somebody's prayer, is all in your hand? But you are saying to yourself, what is this among so many? Sometimes you feel you don't know anything. Sometimes you feel you don't have enough. Sometimes you feel that there's nothing, there's nothing in you to share. Sometimes that is how you feel. But what has been placed in your hand, it is that which is meant for others. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? I say what has been placed in your hand is that which is meant for others. Hallelujah. So he says, he gave it to the disciples and from the disciples, they also handed it down to them that sat down. To them that sat down. Amen. To them that sat down. The bread was for them that sat down. The blessing was for them that sat down. I believe there were others who were walking around. Beloved, it is your own interest. It is your own interest to be stable in the house of God. I am telling you that. It is in your own interest. He looks after them that sit down. He looks after those who are stable. Amen. Amen. But you see, when the disciples began sharing, we realized they didn't think that was enough. And a lot of times, we feel that we don't have enough. We feel that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not to that stage to be a pastor. You know, I am not even to that stage to be a shepherd. I cannot be a shepherd. I don't have anything in me to share. I don't have anything in me to share. How many of you have felt like that before? Sometimes you, you, you meet someone and you even want to witness to the person, but you are afraid to witness to the person because you don't even know what to say to the person. But you notice that the disciples, when they took the bread, you say, you say that when he gave it, he distributed it to them that sat down, and as the disciples began, he says, and likewise, of the fishes to them that sat down, and he says, As much as they would. 
That means as much as the people wanted to eat, they realized that when they come and they take from him and they give to the disciples, they, they give to the people, they have eaten and they say they want more. And they turn around and there is more still in the father's hand. And then they will take it and then they will go and they will give it to them. And then they are eating and they say they want more. And then they will go again. They, they will probably tell the people it's finished. But when they turn around, the father is having some more in his hand. And then they will take them and give to them again. He says they fill them as much as they wanted. Beloved, it is for others. It is not for you. And the Bible says that he himself knew what he would do. When he saw them hungry, when he saw the people were hungry, he himself knew what he would do. He himself knew how he would feed them. So sometimes when you encounter someone and you are afraid and you don't know what to share with the person, notice that it is the work of God. It is the work of God and he himself knows what the person needs. Just begin to share with the person. Just begin to give to the person and then you will see how much of it will flow out of you. How much, and as you tell and you don't seem to know what to say to the person, you realize that it is pouring out of your mouth onto the person. He says that at that time, he says even when you appear before a judge, do not think of what to say, but at that moment, the Holy Spirit will bring things. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. I have had a lot of occasions where I am counseling people and I don't know what to say. I don't know. When sometimes I say, tell me what the issue is. And you begin to tell me. And I've, I don't have an idea what to tell you. But when I open my mouth to speak. Amen. When I open my mouth to speak. And sometimes I am done with you. And you are, you are even crying. And you are, even, you are thanking me. And I don't even remember what I told you. I don't even remember what I told you. It is not for you. It is the work of God. And it is meant for others. It is meant for others. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? It is meant for others. It is not meant for you. Hallelujah. So when they continue to share, when they continue to share, the little that he, they had, when they continued to share, there was more and more. They would turn around, and then there was more. They would turn around, and then there was more. There will be more. There will be more flowing. It will flow out of you like It will come out of you like this. If only you will begin to share, and you will begin to concern yourself about others. If only you begin to concern yourself about others, and not about you alone. Hallelujah. So he says, likewise, the fishes, as much as they would. Now, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Gather up the fragment that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together. And filled how many baskets? I said, how many baskets? How many disciples followed Jesus? 
is it an accident that there were 12 baskets that were filled after all the people who sat down have been fed? It's not by accident. It's not by accident. It was each, one basket for each one of them. I say, when you concern yourself of others, he said that he will fill you. Now read it. He said that, therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Over and above unto them that had eaten. Amen. Look, when you are settled and you sit down like you, you'll be fed enough. You will get fed. Let me finish. When you sit down, when you are stable, you will be fed enough. You will never be hungry. As long as you have your trust in the Lord and you are settled, he will fill you. He will make sure that your marriage is good. He will make sure that your job is good. He will make sure that you are provided with. He will make sure that your provisions are met. But for above, over and above, it is to them who are ready to share. The ones who take and they give to others, the over and above blessing is meant for those who are able to share with others. Hallelujah. He fed them. And that is why he says, make sure that nothing is lost. For these ones who are settled, I will fill them. But the ones whose hearts are concerned about others, they have the over and above blessing. The over and above blessing is for them who have hearts for others. Hallelujah. They pick up every fragment. Such that they fill 12 baskets over and above unto that which sat down. And eight, over and above. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The over and above blessing, I say it comes to those who share. When you receive and you share, you receive an over and above blessing. The Lord will not forget about you. I say the Lord will not forget about you. He says, seek ye first my kingdom. I know you are hungry. He says, your father in heaven, he knows, he knows, he knows that you also have need of these things. Philip, I know that you have need of these things, but I'm asking you, where can we buy bread that these others may eat? I know you are hungry. I will not leave you hungered. I know you need to be fed. I know you also need a good marriage. I know you also need a good job. But you seek ye first my kingdom. Seek ye first my kingdom. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 16. He says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Let's read from the NIV. Look at that. He says, and do not forget to do good and to do what? And to share with who? With others. For with such sacrifice, God is pleased. 
when you have the heart to share with others, he says it's a sacrifice. Yes, to have what you need in your hand and to give to another is a sacrifice. But with such, God is well pleased. And the over and above blessing, it is meant for a person like that. Hallelujah. I said the anointing, it is drawn when you get concerned for others. When the people's hearts, when they began to share with others, you realize that the bread was flowing. The fishes were flowing. It was coming, and it was coming. And it fed 5,000 of five loaves and two fishes. I said the anointing is drawn when others' needs ought to be met. And the abundance, the over and above, it comes when others have been taken care of. Do you understand the message that I'm sharing with you? He says, for such sacrifice, the Lord is well pleased. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter 9. And um, I want to read this scripture from verse 8. for just a little bit of time. Why don't we, um, let's read that from the New Living Translation. It says, and God will generously provide all you need. God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Plenty left over to share with others. When God blesses you, it is a blessing for others. God will bless you so that you will be a blessing to others. Your life is not blessed until you are able to bless someone. You can never call it a blessing that you are blessed and you can bless another person. You drive a brand new car and you have all these clothes and you have all these houses and you cannot bless someone. It is not a blessing. He says you were blessed so that you'll be a blessing. Amen. So he says you bless you. You have plenty left over to share with others. Verse 9. He says as the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered not today only, but forever. You know, there are certain things that the Lord remembers forever. There are certain things that he says it becomes a memorial before him. He says of Cornelius, he says, your arms given, your arms, your arms have risen up as a memorial before God. Your good deeds, they be remembered forever. Amen. Amen. When you do good, when you do good, and the people don't thank you, don't worry about it. When you do good, and the, the person doesn't call you and pour out how pleased they were, and the people that you do good to them, they don't even remember. 
When they are in need, they are calling you all the time. And what, what should I do? I, I feel this. What should I do? I feel that. What should I do? I feel. And then on all things are well with them. They don't even remember. They don't remember. They don't remember. But a lot of times you feel hurt, isn't that so? You feel hurt. You see the person running around and you say, if it wasn't me, this and this and that. You feel hurt. But I'm telling you that your good deed will always be remembered. It is one thing that is always remembered. Your good deed will always be remembered. Sometimes they are not even, they are not even, they don't even cherish what you did. But you did not do it unto them. You had the ability to do that good because it was meant for others. Amen. And when you are able to give to others, it says that it will be remembered forever. It will be remembered forever. I say it will be remembered forever. I say don't expect thanks from the people. Don't expect their appreciation, how they cherish that thing. Oh, I bought you this shirt. Did you like it? Sometimes you ask, you come and ask them because the person has not called you to say I like it or thank you or anything. Oh, did you like the shirt? Did it fit you? You see, that is your way of saying, now say thank you to me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes you are in a place and then you say, oh, my boss is looking for another person. And then you bring a friend of yours to the job. And then even the friend now becomes senior. You know, the friend gets promoted. And now he's ordering you around to do things. You see, so you are expecting that I, I am the one that brought you here. If anything at all, you know, treat me like we are equal. But it doesn't work like that. You finish with your good deed. And the one that remembers is your father who is in heaven. Amen. The one that remembers is your father who is in heaven. And so you are angry. Look at him. Now look at the car he drives. Now look. Now he has moved to this place. Now look at the tie he's wearing. Look at his shoes. It is me. I am the one who brought him to the job. In fact, the Bible says that if you seek thanks and appreciation from men like this, that is all the reward you get. But if you want this good deed to be remembered forever, forget about the appreciation. Don't worry about they didn't like it. Don't, like, don't worry about it. Sometimes you give a nice dress to someone and you see that the person, you expect that, oh, this nice dress is going to wear it to this wedding or to this church service. And then you see the person at Costco shopping in the nice dress that you gave to the person. And you don't you 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 go closer. Is that, is that the, you, you don't want her to see you, you see. But you want to make sure that that is the dress she's wearing, doing her shopping or doing her laundry. And so you go closer. Ah. Is she for real? And then you say she has no understanding of value. That is a conclusion you come. She has no understanding of value. They don't treasure valuable things. How your heart went into it in searching for this dress. And how you thought about her when you saw this dress. 
And she's wearing it, doing her laundry. But your good deed, your good deed, it says their good deeds will be remembered forever. Look, men do not remember. Men do not remember. So if you are, if you are looking for men to remember some good deed, that, you see, that is why you shouldn't expect them. You yourself, do you remember? Some of you, some of the things that I have done to you, when you are talking and you are at your homes and you are talking, do you remember some of the good deeds that I have done to you? You don't remember. And that is why I'm not angry. That's why I still love you. If you remember how I have prayed for you, when you needed this thing, if you remember when you, your tears, when you cried upon such things, and if you can know, you remember how I prayed for you and how I fasted concerning your case, you will not be saying certain things that you say. You will not. You will not. So that is why I don't look for you to remember. I don't, I'm not expecting that you remember. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, I'm not expecting that you remember. Because if I'm expecting that you remember, I will not be doing anything. But I want my good deeds be remembered forever. And anything that is remembered forever, it can never come from man. It can never come from man. Because sometimes some, somebody would do something and say, ah, but does she not remember that? Does she not remember? And it was just last month. Amen. Amen. Verse 10. It says, For God is the one who provides seeds for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I'm talking about a great harvest over and above generosity. Generosity is to give to people from a good heart. Now, when you give to people from a good heart, you reap a harvest, and it's called a great harvest. It's called a great harvest. Listen, learn to do good. Learn to do good. Learn to do good to others. Be someone who gives easily. Some of you, it's very difficult for you to give. Look, let me tell you something. If you are always going to count on what you need, remember, Philip was hungry. Philip was sitting with them. Because Jesus is not someone, if you read the scripture, you realize that he's not someone who wastes. He says, pick up every fragment. And he needed 12 baskets to feed the ones who just gave. He needed 12 baskets. Exactly 12 baskets to feed the ones who just gave. So they can take home. Baskets. Now baskets, a basket is not meant for someone to sit down and eat all of that. But the people they ate. Oh, I mean, I know some of you can eat a basket full of something, but... Amen. You know, sometimes, sometimes we are sharing food in the church. And we say, we want, to, we want to break bread. And we want to cook 
and bring the food and then we all share it and eat. But the ones who are sharing, they are keeping everything to themselves. Sometimes I look at the children. Listen, one thing, if you are a Christian, one thing that you should concern yourself about are children. Let me tell you something. One thing that, you know, let me tell you. Anything that Jesus concerns himself about, concern yourself about it. If Jesus is concerned about children, concern yourself about children. Sometimes I look at the children's plate as they have gone through the sharers, the people who are sharing. And then I see the misery in their face. Children. And then they have seven pieces of rice or one piece of chicken and one children like fried plantains. And then I see and I said, what, do you want more? Yes, yes, yes. Let me tell you, let me never see that thing happening in this church. I don't ever want to see that thing happening. What kind of behavior is it? It's a very non-Christian, it's a Christian 101 principle. Concern about children. Christian 101. That we share the food and the children. Sometimes the adults eat before the children. Tell your neighbor, shame on you. That we all came to church from 11.30 and we have been here. We had other things and by the time we are all settled and breaking bread, it is about 4 p.m. And the children have not eaten. And you, the adults, you, want, you are hungry. Are you too hungry? And you want to eat first before the children. Sometimes when the children come, the adults have eaten all the food. It's not a good thing. When I see that, it breaks my heart. I say, these are unconcerned adults. Sometimes I see that you keep the children in a room and keep quiet as we are going to eat. We are going to eat. Sit here. What a shock. What a shock. Philip was hungry, but Jesus said, give to the others. Give to them first. And I know I will feed you. And stop hiding the food and taking the food. Look, we have, we have, look, listen, listen. Don't, I don't want to see anyone carry box of food home. Anymore. Anymore. It's non-Christian. Any, I don't want to see that. If there's anything left, please, there are students who live on campuses that come to church. There are single men that are with us. If anything at all, is it not proper? I said, be concerned about others. Be concerned about others. 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 Be concerned about others. Students and married people who are home, employed, you are workers, women who can cook food for themselves, who have stove. Listen, listen, I'm not done with my message. Women who have stove 
and they have hands and they have cooking pots and they have the ability to cook. What are you doing with the food? What are you doing with the food? Oh, I'm glad the Lord has given me the opportunity to talk about this thing. Others, 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 others. And then they said, ah, someone said, I brought three pounds of fish. Where is it? And then they say, three people, they say, we shared it amongst ourselves. That is a shame. That is, right there, you see that this person is not a Christian. Because you don't care about others. We say, we don't care about others. You don't like my message. I'm preaching. I said, I'm preaching. I am preaching. So where are the people who have been hiding the food and sharing among them? Where are they? 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 Next time, next time, next time you do that, we will pound you. We will pound you. We will shoot you with our machine gun. Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? I see, I see they are pointing fingers to each other. So now I don't know who is who. It means everyone has been doing this thing. What a shock. Next time we hear about anything like that. In fact, I was planning, I was planning, I felt it was, a, I was planning that next time we are break, I will come and stand there. Myself. And then we will share the food. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you bring your food and then you take it home. What is that behavior? And then you take someone else with it. He said, I brought, I brought banku, but someone brought the okra stew, and it will go with the banku that I brought. So I am keeping my banku with someone else's okra stew. And you take it all home. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Say to your neighbor, others, others, Others. Let's, read in the, let's finish reading the scripture and then we can go home. Kofi, next time you see any person like that, come and call me. Eh? Yeah. Eric, if you see any person like that, come and call me. In fact, these days when we finish, I'm going to open people's trunks and I will check your trunk. <laughs> I will check all your trunks before you go home. I will stand by the gate as like a security man. I say, open your trunk. So at least when we are sharing, bring extra things that when you finish and you say we have excess. So distribute it and give to. This one, I'm not talking about distribute to the sharers because you, you are just agents that you are using. 
or you are applying the scripture to yourselves. We are the one that share the food, so we should keep what is left. Beloved, think of others. There are single men who don't know how to cook. And the same food that you are eating, they spend so much money on them to buy. There are students who don't have kitchen in their schools. Amen. Have mercy on others. Hallelujah. So he says, for God is the one. Let's continue to read. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Let me tell you, it's, a, it's, it's more blessed to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. He says, you will be enriched in every way, in every way, in every way, every way of your life, you'll be enriched. And when we take your gift to those who need them, they will thank God. This is what God is looking for. Let me tell you, to bring thanksgiving unto God for what you did. That someone is thanking God because of what you did. He says, when we take your gift to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry. Look at that. Two things will result from this ministry of giving when you are generous. He says, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. One. And they will fully express their thanks to God. Now, can you imagine that because of you, so many people are thanking God? That because of you, so many people are thanking God. I say some of you, some people's prayer, the answers to their prayer are in your hands. The answers to their prayer are in your hands. If only you will rise up to share. He said two things will be accomplished from this ministry of giving. That the needs of the believers will be met. And then they will joyfully express their thanks to God. The next verse, it says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And that is the good news of Christ. When you are concerned about others. That is the good news of Christ. Amen. That is the good news of Christ. He says, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave here. Don't leave. Remain here. Remain here. And I'm going to give you some supernatural powers. I'm going to give you something. Now, when that thing comes upon you, you are going to go out of Jerusalem. There are others besides Jerusalem. You are going to go out. And that is the good news of the gospel. To begin to share with others. And they will pray for you. Come on. They will pray for you. You say you have needs. Now you have concerned yourself about others. He says they will pray for you with deep affection. Now I want you to notice that. Maybe concerning your need, you don't pray with such deep affection. Maybe concerning what you want from God, you don't pray with such deep affection. Maybe you have prayed over the thing for so long that you, are, you, 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 have, you, have, you have lost that deep affection for that prayer. Hallelujah. 
But the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer, it is that, that which avails much. Now, you cannot pray with such deep affection. But because you have made someone's needs met, because someone's needs have been met through you, now the person's prayer for you is now with deep affection. It says, and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. That overflowing grace that God has given to you. Beloved, continue to do good. Continue to do good. Amen. Some of you, you have stopped praying about certain things. But your generosity has caused some people to rise up to pray for you with deeper affection. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Your generosity has caused some people to rise up. Some of you helped other people to go for the camp. You help them. And the encounter, what they experienced, the encounter that they had because of your generosity, it caused in them some deeper prayers, some affection to pray for you. That you will not pray for yourself like that. That you yourself, that is why it says, what is in your hand is meant for others. You give to them and then you see. And then verse 15, it says, thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. The gift of giving. It is too wonderful for words. The ability to give to someone is a gift. The ability to help someone is a gift. And Paul says, thank God for this gift. It is too wonderful for words to describe. I want this gift. I said, I want this gift. The gift to be concerned about others. The gift to concern myself about others. The gift that will not concern just me, but about others. That what I have, it is meant for others also. May the Lord give me that gift. I say, may the Lord give you also that gift. May you receive that gift. May the Lord change your heart. Concerning giving, may the Lord change your heart. May the Lord give you that supernatural gift. The ability to overlook your needs. The ability to overcome your hunger whilst others are there. To look upon others, to feed them whilst you, it is in your hand to feed you also. May the Lord give you that gift. He says such a gift is too wonderful. Too wonderful. May you receive such a wonderful gift. May you receive such a wonderful gift. The gift to concern yourself about others. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Stand onto your feet. Oh, yes. Begin to pray that you have a heart towards others. To be concerned about others. That is not only about your needs. It's not only about what you want. For there are so many things that you want. You are also hungry. But what is in your hand, if you are able to extend your hand to others. The Bible says that it's such a wonderful gift. And the Bible says that such sacrifices, such sacrifices, when what is in your hand can satisfy you, but you overlook your hunger and you pass it on to another. Say such sacrifice, such sacrifice, it blesses, it pleases the eyes of God. It brings pleasure to God. It pleases God. Will you receive that gift? Pray that you receive this wonderful gift. He said, thank God for this gift. 
Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful, too wonderful for words. Lord, we thank you for the gift. The gift of giving. The gift of giving. May we be a church of giving. A church that gives to one another. A church that is concerned about others. A church that concerns itself about others. Oh, yes. And I will yes. give the world yes. to tell oh. your story. Because I know that you A church that concerns itself about others. I know Let that be you our gift. Let that be our gift. Yes. Yes. Lost my a church good that concerns itself about others. Oh, give us a gift. Give us a gift. Give us a gift. We hunger for this gift. He says it's a wonderful gift. A gift too wonderful. Yes. Oh, Jesus. And I will go to the ends of the earth. Oh, Jesus. Help us. Of Christ, he lifted up his eyes and he saw the multitude. His heart was moved with compassion. Lord, may we be moved with compassion. May we be moved with compassion. May we be moved with compassion. Saint Jesus, I believe in you, and I will go to the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the transformation. We thank you for a change in our hearts. Lord, that when we are concerned about others, our lives would always be overflown with abundance. Father, the 12 baskets, they came only at the end when others have been fed. The 12 baskets, 
were filled only after others have been fed. Father, we have needs. We are also hungry. But help us to always be concerned about others. Help us to also concern ourselves about others. Help us, O Lord, to concern ourselves about others' needs. We have the same hunger just as others. But we say, help if we can reach out to them first. Our needs will also be met over and above even what we need. We will have enough to take home. Enough to feed ourselves and to feed our families. You say we, our generosity, it will reap a great harvest when we extend a hand to help others. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are grateful to your spirit in Jesus' name. If you are here this afternoon, you are not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, if that is your prayer, wherever you are, I want you to lift up your hand and I'll say a short prayer with you. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to come to Jesus. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that, you want to give your life to Jesus. You say, I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. I want him to be my savior. I want to be born again. I want to receive Jesus Christ. Is that your prayer? Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Why don't you all join me and let's say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. I have sinned. Lord Jesus, I am not worthy. I am not worthy to be counted as one of your children. But this afternoon, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my sins. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my Lord. From today, I will serve you. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. Put your hands together for the Lord. Put your hands together for the Lord. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.